We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I have found my Phaeton. I have found my Phaeton wait, equivalent. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I see. Sorry. I thought you were saying you wanted a Phaeton. No, no, no I don't no. want a Phaeton. Oh, okay, now I get it. I have found okay. my Phaeton equivalent. Okay. So think of everything a Phaeton is. Yes. Scary, expensive to own, yet still kind of interesting and vaguely cool. And, and well, and think of this. precipitously dropped to a point where you just yes. got to go, couldn't I just buy one for the fun of it? Which exactly. is what I think about all of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. This falls, this checks all the boxes. Okay, I'm, I'm it ready. Is, it is the 2003 to 2007 okay. Jaguar XJR. Remember the XJ8, the big yeah. sedan? So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the XJR. Okay. I've been shopping a oh, lot. No. One of the most expensive ones I've found is like 14 grand. But if you keep scrolling into the high mile cars, you get down to eight grand, and then I found one for fifty three hundred. Wow! An okay. 05 XJR, one hundred forty seven thousand miles, British Racing Green, fifty three fifty. You know, yikes! You know what? Uh, I hate to say this. You know, what needs, you know what needs to happen here? <laughs> and I don't, I don't really think this is a financially good idea, but I think in every other area, it's a great idea. Phaeton versus XJR. I need to get a Phaeton and you need to get an XJR. We need to see which is the bigger money pit. Which breaks first. The problem is we got to spend ten grand for the laugh. Yeah. But, I, but just to figure out which one has the most stuff that doesn't Man. work and which one breaks to the point that it becomes a planter in the driveway first. Here's an O3. I'm, I, 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 look. 4400 bucks Under the five grand the, mark. The Yikes. person that likes to create content in me couldn't <laughs> want to do this more. The person that's worried about the fact that the show has been Ted Grad to basically to create burn. pieces that don't roll anymore. Yeah, that that frightens me quite a bit. But yeah, okay, maybe I, we I'm could build a museum did. afterwards and we could charge ticket admissions and that's make not our money happen. back. That's to not come gonna, see the no, cars. Nobody that wants broke. to see those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Nobody wants to see those unless they're rolling on camera or it's us scratching our heads because they no longer run. <laughs> the Phaeton needs suspension. Please give. Yeah, please give lots. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a discussion with a friend actually just tonight who is bemoaning the fact that he's pretty sure his long running truck has died. Okay. And it's worth All about right. three grand, and the transmission that it needs is worth six. Eek! That's and no I good. said, uh, "What? How much would the dealer give you for it for a scrap?" Because that's the answer. Ooh, because <laughs> he's got like two hundred and sixty thousand oh. miles. It's not like it, it's time for, for this for a pickup truck. It's time for this pickup truck to go. Okay, that's up there. So up there, you know, but you I, know. I said, I said, it's it's time to let that go. Could he make a YouTube video of him launching it off a cliff, and then the revenue from YouTube would actually be more than the car's value to make? Well, but I think he, the I think the hmm. the car's value is so low that pretty much any YouTube video would make it more than the value. So uh, the problem is he just needs to unload it and move on. Yeah. But, anyway, but this is hard you know, when you have these discussions about okay, I have this car, it's paid off, and it needs blank. That's the these are all the financial equations you've got to take. And then you have crazy ideas like we do when you know car manufacturers <laughs> are throwing press cars at us, and so we go, we should buy a five thousand dollar car that has a lot of technology that will probably break. So I'm thrilled you have yeah. yours. I really do like this because I I think it would be. This is very it. interesting and fun. Here's a straight up five grand 07 XJR. Did you know they were that cheap? No. This is amazing. You're so, right. That is your Phaeton. That is perfect. Isn't this perfect? It, it really is. One of my uh, go-to websites is Park Place LTD. They are a really, really high-end dealership up Their in Bellevue gorgeous. in Washington. Yes, yes, yes. And so I was naturally cruising around the site today. Of course you were, yeah. And I came across a Vanden Pla. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. What was it? Oh, it was no. uh, a, in... 
a topaz color, like metallic no. nasty no, champagne. No. <laughs> metallic nasty. Like super nasty. Check nast. the box for metallic nasty. The interior Buy that it car. Is. 99 Jaguar XJ Vandenplas for mm. $11,000. $11, it's got 48,000 miles. Is that the cheapest car it's ever perfect. on their website? Because ever. I've never seen anything below like 40 on that website. Yeah, 11,950. You know, if I offered him 10,5, I'd have a Vandenplas in they couldn't wait to get monumental, rid of it. amazing champagne. That That's a car that they can't get rid of fast enough. No, the interior is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> ah. You got me looking at Phaetons while we're here. I'm on Auto Tempest literally right now. <laughs> Please looking at donate to my suspension. I'm looking Phaeton at them right now. Yeah. See, the, the, here's a, here's a difference. The uh, the 04 uh, Phaeton V8 is fifty nine hundred dollars with one hundred and fifty thousand miles, and the 06 when Ooh, they actually like work right, the upgrade. Uh, that one is seventeen thousand dollars with okay. ninety thousand miles. Okay. I mean, so. I did find a nineteen thousand dollar XJR. I mean, if you want to spend money, only I don't really miles. want to spend money. If you really want to throw down, this is yeah. an 05. But yeah. This is terrible. I'm looking at these again. Here I am again looking at them. So that's the question. Who's, I mean, they're right in the same year, too. Because if you got the 06, here's an 06 for 13.9 for 14 grand. So let's compare the mid 2000s, the, the British versus the Germans. Let's, let's actually 06, pit these cars. They're, they're kind of. Uh, Almost turquoise blue. It's actually a very nice color, but the 06, it only has 75,000 miles. It's the V8. It's the right year, 10 grand. I'd even buy a white XJR for the no, right you price. Wouldn't. Well, I don't want to drive it, but anyway. Oh, but you know what? Here, here's Power, the problem. Though, I'm looking at this Phaeton, and I can tell you right now that his suspension's gone. Oh. Look at that. Is, oh, yeah. Oh, that's the front. Right. Oh. That's not right. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. And, and, and comparatively, if you put it on bags, <laughs> then you made it worse. Exactly. So He should at yeah. least like jack the front up and put a couple rocks underneath and then, then take the photo. <laughs> at least fake the photo. Come, like, come on, on, folks. On. That's a rookie mistake. What are you thinking? Should, should we do a podcast How about things that actually relate to reality? Because you and I are off <laughs> in the weeds and having fun that we probably shouldn't we even should. think about. We yeah. should. We should. Well, there's a lot of news up front, but we do have a couple of fun debates. Uh, Connor is writing to us about the great American road trip car, mm-hmm. but the Paul Limiter is 13 grand, and he wants to spend yeah. 10. So yeah, I heard that. We're going to discuss this, mm-hmm. as well as Nick C. in Indiana looking for a $10,000 convertible. He and his wife want the uh, the weekend getaway car, and uh, he's tall as well, so a couple of tall guys. And uh, they're looking for fun, getaway, road trippy sorts of cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. I like it. But before we do, we've got uh, a bit of news here to discuss with various models. The uh, the wide body is being introduced in all of Dodge's products. Actually, we're <laughs> across the board. We've got the Fiat 500 wide body, everybody. It's, it's not big enough in its current form. We should make this wider. <laughs> when you don't know what to do next, wide body. Let's, let's squeeze blood from a turnip. Let's just... Extend because you know they don't have to do much tooling change. They can keep building the car, just put a wider axle. Like maybe it's just wheel spacers, and you go wider. It might be just deeper dish wheels. It's possible. Yeah, that's crazy. So then we've we're going wide body. Everybody, FCA is going wide body to all their models because that will extend. The models a little bit longer, just get a little bit extra out of them before the. Honestly, would like to know if there's anybody at FCA that is actually working on an update, a full update of the Challenger. Because that car is old. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. That's I mean, early 2000s. They just keep refining it. And if if memory serves, it's already working with an old Mercedes chassis. 
<laughs> you can't just keep adding power and keep so milking at so, it. At some point, at it. some point, you've got to go, we should do a new one of this. And because, as we know, it's taken the better part of five years to get on that. Is anybody currently working on that? If you, if you work at FCA, we won't give your name. <laughs> Ralph, you don't have to tell us. Ralph, but if you work at FCA us. and it is at least in process, could you just send us a little email and be like, yep. Just a just a one word <laughs> subject line. Nothing in the body of the email. Just in the subject line. Yep, <laughs> that would be, be nice perfect. to know. I would really like that. <laughs> yeah. So that was introduced. Uh, it seems to be the talk of Instagram and you know wide body everything. But then there's you know some rumors flying around about the Camaro. Is that being phased out? Is it just being delayed? Is it just we, we don't know yet? And it's yeah, hard to make yeah, yeah. any decisions or or of course any speculation. This falls into the category of. Huh, should I wait two years when the new blank comes out? Should I save my money? We don't know. Yeah, you're right. Until you're absolutely they make right. An announcement, yeah. we don't know. At this point, as of this recording, Chevy has still not whipped the sheet off the new Corvette. It's true. So we don't it's know. True. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. In, we we are finding out more details. It's gonna be in California and uh you know, we're just excited, but I don't get the idea it's any driving involved with the Corvette. It's just nope. tear the sheet off. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Maybe something star spangled is going to happen at the Probably that point. there may be fireworks. There'll probably be a picture of an eagle at some point. The the yeah. second Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. when he starts in the back of the C130. <laughs> yep. And, jumps out and, and lands jumps out among all the girls on stage. And it's AC, DC, AC, everything. It's, it's phenomenal. That's what I want for the Corvette. <laughs> Come on. You know You're this right. scene. That is, that is quite perfect. That's yes. what I want. Could we figure out a way to actually drop the C8 into that, that room? That'd be amazing. I really do like, like the that. the only yeah. one that exists? No. <laughs> Darn it. I like this. This is good. Yeah, we are not going to that Corvette reveal. If we, if that's the reveal, I really would wish to get, be there. But telling it's you, not going to be the, the thing. Let's parachute one out the back of something with but, fireworks and but smoke we are jumpers. In, well, essentially, at that Come point, on. what you need to do is just hire Michael Bay and call it an afternoon. That, there that we really go. Is what happened. You know, just big, those big gasoline cans of explosions. Heck, he does the Transformer movies anyway. I mean, that's he's all already he does. working with Chevy. He's already, already featuring yeah. their products. Right, he needs right. to do the, the cool Pepsi commercial version of the reveal for the new Corvette. What would that look like? And, well, the, and the turnaround from Bad Boys, Will Smith, and yeah. uh, Martin, there we go. Uh, so the, the turnaround where they start the camera low and twist around. It's, no, that's on every single Michael Bay film. That is the signature see, move. See, see Pearl Harbor, see everything. I will, I will break this down. Here's how this works. You put the dolly, which, by the way, when you get a dolly and you get union guys, it's going to take a couple hours to do this. You put a dolly in a circle. You create circular track for your dolly. Yeah. You pull out all of the little, if you've never seen this done, they have little wedge uh, spacers to make sure the track is perfectly level. Right. You right. create a circle. You put the dolly on a circle. You put the actor in the middle. You start all the way jib down. In this case, the the, cor- the Corvette, the new car. Exactly. You start right. all the way jib, except it's not very tall. That's the problem. You no. start all the way jib down. Okay? Minor. Minor. And you, uh, so the arm's all the way low, and you, you have to run at least 48 frames a second, which means at least double time for slow-mo. Okay, but you might enough, want to run enough. like 96 or something nuts. How fast can you get filmed through the camera? Granted, we're in a post-film world, but still, you get my point. Got it. Lots of frames are happening. Bring it. Okay? And then you go in a circle. <laughs> this is the Michael Bay recipe. You go in a circle while the actor, for, for whatever reason, he's fallen over, he's tied his shoe, he reloaded his gun, and it was on the ground. I don't know what the reason was, but he goes from a crouched position to a standing triumphant looking up I don't even know what swelling off music screen. come on and you do that slowly and then and then that's where this is the Michael Bay English room it's been in almost every movie he's done it's the cookbook it's how yes. to bake the Transformers cake or whatever I still how to think make that movie that when he leaves his driveway it's just a bunch of those gasoline explosions. Just boom, boom, squibs boom, boom, all the way boom, down. down the drive with like a big firework thing and he leaves the drive I really think that's just Monday 
You know, I think that's <laughs> Going it. Going to work. I don't know, I don't know how we got this far off track, but we're off into Michael Bay's is, is launching the new CEO. It is coming. Yeah. And then there is uh, talk about Mitsubishi bringing the Evo back for us. Talk about rumors. I would like that. The Corvette goes like away and the, Evo, and the Evo comes back. Very yeah, Camaro, interesting. Camaro, yes. Sorry, yes, Camaro, yes. But, uh, yeah, I, all these fun cars, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would love the Evo. But the discussion there is because, you know, Renault now, now owns all, that it would be essentially yeah. using tech from the current Renault Megane. Now, we like the Renault Megane in all forms. The RS versions of that is a great front-wheel drive car. We really enjoy it. It would be a great platform to work with. It would obviously be tech sharing. You can see mm-hmm. the breadcrumbs here that make this go, oh, I see how that could make sense. There's even discussion of it having a 48-volt. Now, that we had that on the new Mercedes GLS. We yeah, just right. There's going to be more of that. hybridization system, so that would allow for an extra hybrid boost before you get on actual boost. I mean, the recipe here sounds A, viable, and B, fantastic, mm-hmm. but they've got to make it. It's got to become real. This is this is just as much a rumor as the Camaro's death. You can see the breadcrumbs that would lead to the Camaro dying too. They've done it before. You know, in the, yeah. in the 90s, they killed yeah. it and brought it back in the 2000s, and that's why we still have a Transformer-looking car. So there's that. Hmm. I wonder if Michael's involved in the design. They're going to kill too. it. They're going to find a new filmmaker, not Michael Bay, that's going to make a new whatever, and it's going to—I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is all very intriguing. I hope it all happens. It's yeah, not going it'd be to. great. It'd be great. All right, we're jumping to the debate with Connor, who writes to us. He's 27. His other two cars, well, vehicles, are totally paid off. First of all, a Honda Element, okay, and a Kawasaki KLR650. Element is the utility vehicle. The KLR is the city commuter. But he has now convinced himself he needs a road trip car. So he writes to us saying, what is the great American road trip car? Even though later in the email, he's saying for weekend getaways and weekend road trips, I envisioned this grand, you know, <laughs> you thought he was driving plan. Across yeah, you know, the you Grand did, yeah. Canyon is a stop and then you head north and mm-hmm. through Vegas. And You're going to see Mount Rushmore know. just because you can't believe somebody carved faces in a rock exactly. in the middle of South Dakota. Yeah, all of this. There we yes. go. And then Pacific Northwest and it's this mm-hmm. giant loop, maybe. But I do get, yeah, you're just wanting the getaway, the weekend road trip mm-hmm. warrior. Now, he loves Japanese reliability, but he's not married to it. Loves yeah. coops, and yeah. he's got two dogs and a girlfriend. Hello, who will be riding along? So a two plus two coupe would be ideal. Mm-hmm. He's also 6'4", and he says, you know, the headroom would be good. Okay. So again, like I said at the top of the show, budget is ten grand with a pawn limiter of $13,000. So I started, I went in this circuitous route, and then I did come across the car I think you should get. Okay, good. It's not exactly good good on gas, really. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, road trip cars don't necessarily have to do that. Commuter cars do. True. road trip cars do not have to. I agree with that. I agree with that, that. yeah. So I started in this very strange arena of the 1999 to 2003 Acura CL Type S, the Coupe. Interesting. Now, this okay. is a second generation, and these are cars that run 200, 250,000 miles with very few issues. Yeah. Change the timing belt, change the oil. You should be good. It's, it's, a, it's a Honda. It'll be okay. Now, for one year, they were even available with manual transmissions. Ooh, there you go. And I found one, an 03 Type S with 113,000 miles for seven grand. Hmm. They're out there. They're low priced. And here's the deal. It's not a... 
amazing sports car, track car, whatever. But think about road tripping, big, comfortable seats. It's got a lot of space. It's a coupe. It's got space for the dogs in the back. Great air conditioner, great stereo. You're just going to cruise in Mm -hmm. this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And for seven grand, and there's a lot of them for less than that. We're talking six grand, five grand. Kind of interesting, to be honest. And it's a big car, so it'll ride nice, big trunk. Think about this. Nice place to be. I see where you are. I see where you are. But I, I left that there. I left it behind. Okay. Okay. And I went looking at Maserati Gran Turismos <laughs> inexplicably. Of course you did. Because that's exactly I what just, Connor needs. Well, the problem is I looked at Park Place LTD. I found the Vanden Pla. You the just, 99 you just Vanden fall into 11. that website regularly. Yeah. And I went, wait. If Jags are now this, what are Maseratis? What's the cheapest Maserati Gran Turismo coupe? They're still thirty five grand. You couldn't pay me thirty five thousand dollars to go own that car. And that that would be one of the heroes of that trend on YouTube right now, <laughs> where you buy the worst oh, version yeah. of whatever and you try yeah. to make it run. That that's a horror show. It really is. But this, you know, topaz with ivory interior, it's pristine. No. It's brand new. I no, no, ivory is code for white. White interior is just Connor, the worst idea ever. And in that's just terrible. Just say the name. I did find an 07 XK8. So the coupe with 25,000 miles for 14.8. All these, you know. <laughs> You're not helping Connor at all. Connor's, cars. We're, we're off of the weeds. Connor isn't getting any help from this at all. <laughs> Short story for you. We have a friend named Dixon who runs, uh, well, helps run the track out here, the U- yeah. Utah Motorsports yeah. Campus. And he, you know, the track's a bit of a ways out there. And he paid, what, two grand for his Cadillac? It may have been three grand at most. Okay. He literally bought an old, early 2000s <laughs> Cadillac from the, it's, it's the classic, it's the classic cliche story. He literally bought it from a grandmother who drove it to church and the grocery store. Yeah. And he drove it and he, it was his commute car for like a 60 mile commute because he would just, Get in the fast lane. He was like, I never get pulled over. The cops don't even notice me. Exactly. People exactly. are flying by me getting pulled over. It doesn't even matter. He said, I'm comfortable. It, it's you know completely isolated from the world. He can get off his work day and just relax. Is it, it's, does it have a North Star in it? I don't remember. I think it might have. I think it might have been that generation. Might. But yeah. for two or three grand? Yeah. Hello. He had it for a few years, and it was just, he said it was his perfect boat. So funny. And also, it's that whole, it, the, the full non-precious thing that we talk about. True, He yeah. didn't care what happened to blows that up, car. Blows up. He was just like, because his commute was entirely freeway. He would just get on the freeway, and it's west of Salt Lake where there's no traffic anyway. Yeah, so he just, would just get on the freeway, put on the cruise control, and arrive at work. <laughs> the best. Yeah. The best. So it made me think of that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying go get a North Star Cadillac. But they are cheap. But you're good. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. What I arrived at, and the car I think you should get, is the fifth generation Pontiac GTO. It is the Holden Monaro. I like it. Yeah, that's good. It's 06, really good. 85,000 miles for nine grand. The one I found you as actually a serviceman in the Navy is getting rid of it. There's a few things that don't work, but the point is mm-hmm. all They're these GTOs are seven to ten grand for decent ones. Even if it has high miles, it's a Chevy. It's yeah. just, it's going to run. Now, like I said before, not the greatest gas mileage ever. It'll do fine if you're just cruising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, you've got a car you can do burnouts. You could autocross it. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's decently sporty. And even though most of them are automatics, you can find a manual. But, you know, hey, still get the automatic. They're going to run. I found a lot of high mileage ones. Mm, interesting. They, they, just, yeah. they just run. Yeah. It's just going to go. It's all Chevy parts in there, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So GTO for your, for your American road trip car, not like only it. is the car... 
well, it's kind of American, even though it is a Holden <laughs> built in Australia. But you know what I mean? Kind of American. It, yeah. It's still there. There's things there. There's pieces yes. there. Okay. There, Work yes, with you right. here. There's, I'm, there's I'm, pieces. I'm trying. I'm trying to be with you. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I think you should get. That's good. That's good. I have three for you. We're talking two plus twos that are inexpensive that are going to be decent to drive. What I find interesting here is we are trying to find the middle ground between a bike and the oh, Honda that's element. That's true. That's true. Yikes. Okay. So I instantly go to stuff that I think, okay, what can we really get? And then I realize, well, no, no, road trip, road trip. Yeah. Let's yeah, not totally. lean too much toward the bike. We got to road trip this thing. We exactly. got to be in it for a while. Think, you know, South Dakota. Think Texas. So, Just, yeah. Oh, man. Cruise control, air conditioner, your favorite there's, podcast. There's not enough luxury <laughs> to get you through West Texas. I've done it multiple times, okay? That Cadillac, the DeVille with the North Star. Fort, Fort Stockton to El Paso Ooh. is just death. Ooh. It's just the, the number. Here, I will tell you, the number one thing you need is an air conditioner, and it needs to work really, really well. Heck yeah. Ideally, cruise control and just cling to your sanity. Cling to it. It's you and the tumbleweeds. Anyway. Wow. Uh, the Infinity G37. Okay, good. Great two plus two. Good. That engine's been around forever. Are they thirteen grand or less? Oh, you can find them. Absolutely, you can. It's good news. Yeah, they've dropped, and so is the Genesis Coupe. Hyundai well, Genesis true. Coupe. That's Another true. two plus two. Good room. Great road trip car. They run. They look great. I really like the Genesis Coupe. Both of those I like, but I think my favorite might be the last one of my three. I love your GTO, by the way. Okay. It's kind of on the fringe. I was kind of going. Are you going to think of it? I'm glad you did. Okay. You know what? You can actually get for this. I've got one in front of me right now. For ten thousand five hundred, mm. okay, a two thousand eight Audi A five. Oh, for ten five, the You're mileage. Is, no, it's amazing. The mileage is. Uh, I've got it right here. Seventy eight thousand miles. Okay, fine. Yeah. fine. Now you can find them. I mean, this same idea, this same vintage, well over a hundred thousand miles. But my point is, here's one that isn't at a hundred thousand miles. It's a California car, the A five is a fantastic road trip car. Mm. Now, the S5, look, you could want more power and all that kind of thing, but I, I will say the first time I drove the A5, that whole platform, was at one of those old Motor Press Guild track days, probably around 2008, and I drove an A5, not an S5, and I remember thinking, this is the first Audi I've liked in base form. Mm, sure, yes, the S5's sure. got more. Yes, it's got more bells and whistles. You can go RS5. Yes, it gets better and better and better. I get it. Yeah. But for what it is, it was surprisingly good on the track. They get good gas mileage. They're a nice place to be. They have timeless looks. You yeah, really, with your 13 yeah. grand, could go find yourself an Audi A5. Huh. So I think for road tripping, that's a pretty nice place to be. Initially, they had the 3.2 V6, and then everything went to the 2.0, the turboed 4, but... It, it, depending well, it on the was, price, you could find either. Yes, yes, this one actually is the V6. Is it? Yeah, so it's still a great depends, engine. Depends. Yeah, it's, it still works great. So, so I think I think that's a surprising one that is possible in your budget. The other two are more sports cars. The the mm -hmm. Infinity is more sports mm -hmm. car even than the A5, and the Genesis definitely is as well. But you're in an Audi A5. If you're doing some like road, you're sawing through miles. It's a nice place to be. Yeah, Connor Vanden Pla, candy apple <laughs> no. fish scale metallic champagne no. topaz. It's it's awesome. that colors. Every time you describe it, the color gets worse. Somehow Why are you you're making your it worse. Car. Like what? Yeah, it's what, all did bad. Did she hand it down? All to bad. You? Like, I don't know. All right, thank you very much for your debate, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming back. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. 
All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately... You can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Auto Tempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start. We're back with Nick, who wants a $10,000 convertible. But we're road road tripping again, so that's the good uh, link here. Yeah, yeah. There's also uh, Nick M., who has written to us as well. Nick, he's looking for a fun convertible in New England for his mom and dad. This is Nick C. in Indiana, who wants a $10,000 convertible. So Nick M., (laughs) hopefully this helps as well. Yeah, just clarifying. There are many Nicks out there. There's many of you in general. I I, want to make the public service announcement again. Thank you guys for all of the car debates that you send. It's we, great. There's it's tons great. of them. There's tons of them. It is a near overwhelming amount. We've asked for it. We are thankful for it. It is fun at this point to just see kind of new and different conversations we can have. We love that you're sending them in. Also, thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. That is huge. That helps the podcast stay in the top 10, which we greatly appreciate. It helps people find the podcast. I, I say it often because it's true. We get an email almost once a week which is, I just found your podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's happening because you guys are rating and reviewing it, and that's keeping it high enough that when people go looking for a podcast about cars, they find this one. If you've just joined us, thank you. If you've been with us since the beginning, wow, that's a lot of listening. (laughs) Thank you, and I hope both of you have rated. It'd be great. You know, I will also say, if you've written to us and we're not able to get to your debate, and then you go buy a car, please let us know as well, because we can feature that. It doesn't, to feature your car on Here's What You Bought podcasts, it doesn't have to be necessarily we featured, That's you know, true. we made That's suggestions yeah. because you might have said, hey, something triggered me about, you know, what you guys mm-hmm. said and it made me think of that. And then I bought the car that mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what's so great about all these emails is that at some point, everyone is going to buy another car. True. Eventually. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So You're it's right. sort yeah. of like a perpetual motion machine, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> Until we're all told we can't drive cars anymore exactly. because they're evil, we will keep doing it. Yes. <laughs> all right. So Nick writes to us. He's been watching the YouTube channel and the podcast. 
uh, well, he's not watching the podcast, but he's listening to. So thank you so much, Nick. Uh, his wife, Dog, and he currently live in Indiana while she pursues a Ph.D., and he works as a mechanical engineer doing AR and VR. So Very yeah, cool. it's been uh, cool. that is definitely in my uh, my bag of tricks, my past there, That's which been your is history for sure. Yeah, pretty fun. Recent history, it's fact. fun to see the proliferation, the continued of you know proliferation of VR in the automotive industry. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Me. crazy. So he works in that arena, and he currently has a 2012 Mark VI Volkswagen GTI, 115,000 miles, and that's the daily. Mm-hmm. He's got a 60-mile round trip to work. And then they've also got an 06 Hyundai Elantra with 175,000 miles. Those are some high-mile cars. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. His wife's car from her parents. Now, she walks to the local university and barely uses the car. And the Elantra is doing well, but the GTI has had a few reliability issues, which has left them stranded on their drive home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a fuel injector that's failed, other things that have gone on. And so since they do this drive a few times a year, they love to drive different vacation spots. So they're, they're saying it's great to have the GTI, but yeah, not sure. Should yeah. it go? Well, and, and the other sad part of this story is the fact that Nick had a BRZ. Mm-hmm. That he yeah. loved, yeah. and he sold it to get the GTI to be a little more normal car for the, for he and his wife and the dog, and to kind of be the grown up car. And now he's going, should I have done that? Because mm-hmm. this GTI, it's it's done everything very well when it hasn't given them problems, and it hasn't given them constant problems. But compared to the Elantra with more miles, that just kind of refuses to die. The GTI is kind of raising its hand a few too many times for needs. <laughs> so that is the question. Needy. So the hope is, okay, the the GTI is paid off. They they would theoretically sell that and wind up with roughly about a $10,000 budget. Yeah. So we don't have a lot to work with. Can we get a more fun convertible? He Again, he's still missing that 86 platform in the BRZ. What could we do here? Yeah. Uh, his wife's requirement is that the next car, this this fun car, be a convertible. He wants the rear-wheel drive, wants the manual. Budget is ten grand since the GTI is paid off. And what he says next is that uh, they both like the styling of the 3 Series, the E46 Generation 3 mm-hmm. Series BMW mm-hmm. and prior. Now, he says one of his dreams has always been the E46 M3, but he's a little bit leery of the maintenance. But on the other hand, why not? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, you could take that risk. The The convertible M3s are much cheaper than the coupe M3s. They're also not nearly as stiff, which is why they're much cheaper. That's true. You do still have some of the same subframe issues and some of the same maintenance issues, but those are down far enough that your budget of ten grand, you could probably at least look around and maybe find one. I'm just kind of worried about the $10,000 M3. I think that's... There's maintenance coming. You're worried about the GTI maintenance. There's maintenance coming on that car. It's going to happen. Now, they like the Miata and the Boxster, but realize that they want four seats to be able to not only bring the Pup, which is a 30-pound Britney Spaniel, but since this is the weekend getaway car, they might want to be able to bring people, too. So errands, getaways, dog stuff. Okay, I can see that. So it's not just... You know, Miata is the answer here. It's not necessarily. It is. Well, he also says that he's tall enough that he feels like the Miata and the Boxster are, are a little tight for him. So there's mm-hmm. that concern as well. I do like here that the main the main requirement for more than two seats is actually the dog. I mean, maybe they take people, but it's really a 30-pound dog. Dog's a family member. I kind of, of course it is. I kind of feel like that we can work with that. We can work with the fact, because it's not like you said 100-pound dog. This isn't a person-sized animal, so that that makes it a little more viable. True, true. All right, so Nick, I jumped in here starting out with, I I hear your requirements. I know you want rear-wheel drive. However, 
these cars are now just flat out cheap. Okay. That is the 2013 Abart 500 convertible. Okay. Now, it'll fit you well because you said you've got the longer torso. You're six foot one, longer torso. So he needs the, the headroom. Mm-hmm, and keep mm-hmm. in mind that Fiat 500, the general design, the H point is higher. Yes. And it's and got it's a lot got of headroom. The headroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it'll fit you well. It's not rear wheel drive. But what's cool about this is it's got this snorty engine. They're mm-hmm. inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to run. And the convertible actually has a two position. So you can put it back kind of like a giant sunroof. Or then you can go all the way back, all the way down yeah. to yeah, the yeah. tail there. So it's kind of a two position and you still get the structural rigidity of cars that, you know, are not convertibles because that, that long, the A pillar just sweeps up over the top and it just follows the roof line. And so that, that structural part is still there. So Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not readily apparent actually that it's convertible. It's kind of like just a sliding giant top, really not necessarily a full folding top. So it's kind of an interesting Interesting choice here. It's, like I said, not rear-wheel drive, but it is tiny. It's got a tiny back seat, but mm-hmm. the pup's only 30 pounds. So Agreed. Could work. Well, 30 pounds is almost, it can almost hang out in the lap. Almost. Almost. Depends. Yeah, Depends yeah, yeah. On, on how tolerant you are and how calm the dog is. If your dog's, I have, I have two dogs now. One of them, my son's dog, the really young one, gets in a car and just goes, oh, oh, we're doing this now? Oh, okay. And then lays down and is quiet oh, and really? sits there. Lays there until you get to the destination. My other dog, who's 13, her entire life, she whines, yelps, speaks the entire drive until the drive is Warbles. Over. And it, that's a great word for it. And if, because of scent memory, if you start to drive somewhere she knows and likes, it gets worse. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so to have a dog now that just gets in the car and is like, all right, and is quiet, I'm like, is, is he okay? <laughs> so who knows <laughs> what kind of dog you have, but yeah. All right, so this E46 thing intrigued me, and I hear you about the M3, but I do want you to know that the 06325CI, mm-hmm. it's the same thing, it's just not the high-strung M3. Yes, yes. 68,000 miles for $8,400. Those are cheap. They're really cheap. If you don't go M3, you've got tons of options for that body style. I even found an 05330CI. With 47,000 miles, it's a manual for 12.9. Now, mm. I know that's a little bit over your budget, but it has the ZHP package. Oh, wow. It's the $3,900 upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an excellent. That's it's excellent. got the Motorsports body kit, Xenon headlights, Shadowline trim. It's it's like the almost M3, I like but it. it's not quite the, ooh, high-strung you know, like motorsports it. engine. Theoretically, it may be cheaper to run. I take I Maybe think your point. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a SoCal car, 47,000 miles. That's great. I don't know, that's, re- that's really good. That's excellent. Yeah. And it's manual rear-wheel drive, four passengers. Okay. It is right. silver with the silver interior and everything's silver and gray. If you need it, it'll still, be silver. Yeah. I'm just saying, they're out there. Mm-hmm. And you could go mm-hmm. pursue. It's not quite the M3, but here's a 330CI. That's still got a lot of power. Yeah. I think that could be interesting for you. I like it. And I it's like four it. place, four passenger here. Okay, cool. I like that. I actually had... had Wondered about that generation of convertible BMW as well, so I'm glad you kind of unpacked. They're good looking, actually. They are good looking, and they look honestly, they look pretty close to the M3 anyway in convertible form. And so I think they're just good in general. I do like that. Glad you brought it up. You could maybe find the E93, the next gen. Mm. Now you said you're not as big a fan of that, but look at that. They go to hard top. It's a hard top convertible. That's why I bring it up because hard top convertible you might find more usable overall. So I'm just mentioning that. Just look at it. I have to go to two what I feel like are obvious choices because they've been around long enough where you can get them in your budget. Camaro and Mustang. 
They are. You could absolutely do that. You can you can get one that's not the hottest version out there and it's convertible. And convertibles just don't hang on to their, their price as much. So you could get one of those. The One of the reasons that the Camaro doesn't get recommended as much on this show is because it has bad visibility. When you take the top down, the visibility is great. All your visibility <laughs> issues go away because you have no top at all. I'm just saying. You, you do have that issue. over your shoulder. And I, I typically like the chassis of the, of the Camaro more than the Mustang as far as just a driver's car. So I think Camaro and Mustang are both viable options. You should drive those and see. But then I'm going to go a little wild card here because I think it might be the place to be. Okay, good. It's not going to seem obvious. But with your budget of ten grand, you can go shop. The fourth and fifth gen Corvette. Hmm. Don't hmm. get a convertible. Get the Target Top. I like that a lot better. So yeah. you get the Target Top. Yeah. It's the single panel that lifts out. Get the Target Top. These have a surprising amount of back hatch space, much more than you think they do. Yeah, that's very so true. So the two of you going on a long road trip or a weekend fun trip, yes, just go do that. Huh. So there's that option. Now, what happens with the dog? The dog is now in the footwell or, or sitting on your wife's lap or whatever. I agree. There's not really a great backseat for the dog. There isn't. There's no backseat at all. Sure, but sure. But I think you'd be surprised by how much of a great road trip and fun car you get by a C4 or C5 Corvette with the Targa. I think it does all the convertible stuff. It does all the sports car stuff, and it's in your budget. I like that. And you've got a full-fledged Corvette. That is a full-fledged yeah, sports car. for sure. For sure. Huh. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, uh, Nick, hope that helps. Nick M. in New Hampshire, hope that is interesting because there's <laughs> some ideas for your folks there as well. Hopefully, uh, you know, ter- two birds with one stone a little bit. Hopefully, like I said, that uh, gives you some ideas. We've got to jump to questions because there are so many. And again, I'll yeah, add my thanks for your great social media questions. Yeah, you guys just, are awesome with those. I, I know I'm asking twice a week. I'm putting it out there constantly, but you're coming back with more mm-hmm, questions. Mm-hmm. If we haven't got to it, please keep asking. Yeah. We do like to see just, you know, a, a full queue of fun, interesting questions. Not silly, you know, kind of over the top, but we... Those happen. We're silly anyway. Those happen anyway, yeah. yeah. All right, so jumping in here, Justin Brewer writes to us on Facebook, can we give a shout-out to the Nissan IDX Nismo? Said Nissan showed it off a few years ago as a concept car. Yes, Mm -hmm. they did. It's there. It's on their official Nissan USA website. It's it's under the concept future tab with a, a lot more cool cars that we wish Nissan would build because the rest of their lineup... Not a, not compelling right now. I, yeah. I'm yeah, ready yeah. for Nissan to bring yeah, for sure. for something. Sure. Drop something on us. Bring, it doesn't have to be at a car show, Nissan. Just make some sort of huge, amazing. We've got the next. It's the 400Z or it's the yes. whatever. Yes. Anything. Mm-hmm. Bring the next electrified whatever. It's been way too long for mm-hmm. their entire model lineup. Yeah. Nothing in well, there. Well, their is entire compelling. enthusiast model lineup. Well, Everything else is getting revised. Still, Have yeah. you seen the version of the Rogue we're on? Because of the Rogue. Are we over the Star <laughs> Wars anyway, version of the Rogue yet? For the moment, but let's wait until the next Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So, yes, this does need to be Nissan's next car. I do agree because it's sort of like Nissan builds a BMW 2 Series. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. does evoke a lot of the Datsun lines and the Datsun big time, Bluebird big yep. kind of yep. you know lines. By the way, Justin, that particular car sits in the lobby of their design studio in San Diego. At mm. least it used to when mm. I was there a few times. And because it's a concept car, you, you use all kinds of different parts to make something look like its future. Yeah. So the yeah, exterior, yeah. the round rearview mirrors are actually four and a half inch speakers or three and a half inch round speakers, like door speakers. Oh, interesting. 
And then they've got a cool, you know, perforated metal over the top of it. So it looks like this cool rear view. Oh, it's just a speaker. Huh. huh weird. But Interesting. It's a concept car. Yeah, of course. They could have their own spec series. They could bring You're, back. There you go. You know, Nissan drifting. That would be kind of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. The, the platform the for that. 240SX sure. kind yeah, yeah. of feel. Bring that back. It could hmm. be a race series. It's an enthusiast car. You could have a version that is a hybrid. It could be fully electric and just Look at you. a fun sports car. That is the car. Justin, I agree. Nissan, are you listening? <laughs> Probably not. Probably but I like not. it anyway. It's very yes. good. Here's, here's an interesting one. Uh, Devin the Awesome on Instagram says, Can you validate my want to sell my perfectly practical two-year-old <laughs> truck for a 14-year-old Corvette C6 to, quote, save money? Let's, un- <laughs> let's unpack this a couple of ways. Please first justify off, this for me. First off, do this. Perfectly practical truck? I don't think, unless you are in construction and you are filling that bed all of the time, I do not put an equal sign between truck and practical. Hmm. Hmm. They don't okay. ride as well as many other Agreed. things because the, the shocks in the back are set up for you to carry a big load. Okay, They don't ride as well. They typically don't get as good a gas mileage. They are bigger. They consume, and they aren't as fun to drive. Now, please don't get me wrong. They have a specific usability, mm-hmm. but unless you are using it for that all the time, I do not think a pickup is practical. So there's that. So I don't, and, and to go another way, if you said you were driving a mundane normal sedan, if you mm-hmm. said you were driving a very middle of the road small five seat CUV, I could see you go, yeah, I'm on a practical thing and I want to go to a sports car. I think your pickup is as far one direction from practical as the Corvette is the other. Okay. Yeah. I think you're just yeah. picking the other bookend. Yeah. And if you can actually get in a C6 Corvette for less money than your pickup, and it will do everything you need it to do, I think you actually have made the more practical choice. I bet you it'll be, it'll be more fun to drive, it'll probably burn less gas, and it'll probably carry everything you need it to carry. So I'm kind of done. Hmm, I love it. All right, uh, question from Seth Lowry here. He's beseeching us. He owns a 2014 BRZ. He's had it since new. It's paid off. And he's getting the itch for something different. <laughs> now, he loves JDM cars and found a 1995 Mitsubishi GTO. Oh, so that's right. In Japan, it was the GTO. In America, it was the 3000 GT. And then you could get the VR4 platform with the four-wheel steering, the all-wheel drive, mm. and the gurney flap that flaps and all the stuff. Now, to be able to afford to do so, he would have to sell the BRZ. <laughs> Should he follow his heart? His head says, just keep the BRZ, turbo it, enjoy what he's got. Or should he go from that, a modern, reliable car, to a 25-year-old Mitsubishi? Wow. Uh, Your heart wants what your heart wants, right? Have you driven one of these cars is my first question. If you have and you still know that you want it, is the only reason you're going after the JDM because it's right-hand drive and you want to import it? Because otherwise... The 3000 GT VR4 still exists. Agreed. go buy one of those. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then... You know, promptly pour money into the the lifters that you have to <laughs> the, redo and the, the everything that the hydraulics that yeah. actually they might leak, so the four wheel steering doesn't work, and then you have to you know redo the electrical actuator that puts this the <laughs> flap up in the back at speed, and you know you have to chase the little things around the car. But otherwise, yeah, that was like Mitsubishi's heyday. They had the Galant VR4, the 3000 GT, then they came out. They were still proliferating the Evo. Hello, Mitsubishi. What, yeah. what happened? Well, but it's it's such a tech-heavy car that the well, it's problem... a heavy car, too. Well, that is that. You're right. It's such a tech-heavy car that the problem is you're talking about lots of tech that can break 
from a quarter century ago. Let, <laughs> let's be like honest. That. Let's be honest. Okay. It is Olympic this... type sprinting away from that car. <laughs> <laughs> wow. World record. <laughs> anyway. Wow. The, the, the thinking here is how much do you want a project? I, honestly, mm-hmm. do you want something mm-hmm. that isn't reliable? I'm not saying it might not be reliable, but I think this is a headspace. This is our, our Phaeton and, and <laughs> Jaguar discussion. <laughs> Are you willing to go into something expecting there'll be stuff to do? Because if this just needs to be your car, that's my concern. If this can be the car that is, can you believe I have this? It doesn't run this week, but that's okay. Then maybe. If this is your car, I'm concerned for you. And I come back to where you were, Paul, which is why not just get the U.S. version? I Yeah, unless you just want the right-hand drive because of the uniqueness and, and I, but weirdness. I, but I think the right-hand okay. drive is another one of those things where it's very cool, but probably not for your daily I need you to have driven one of these, Seth, before you make yeah, the decision yeah, to yeah. pull the trigger. You need to have, A, driven a right-hand car and lived with it in the U.S. for a while, if that's where you are. If you're in the U.S. or, a, you, know, the, yeah, you know, the configuration where you're driving opposite of what traffic is doing is my point. And may I make a suggestion? What about the first-generation Acura NSX? If we're going... Interesting. 90s if you're going to go classic hotness. 90s JDM, you're right. That's interesting. That's I know really they're probably more expensive than Mitsubishi, sure are, but yeah. hang on to that BRZ unless you know. Like I, like I said, unless you know that's what you want, mm-hmm. it is unique. I agree. But NSXs, they're, they're cool. They, they're great. They run. <laughs> Honda. I hear you. Okay. I like that. That's really good. There are so many good ones here. Yeah, there are. Uh, here's Track Daily Crush. You see the track, <laughs> the did. Chad Merrick? Okay, I it's did. a track edition. Ooh. Track Daily Crush, Laguna Seca, <laughs> The Ring, and Spa. I have an answer. I, I do as well, yeah. Track Daily Crush. I'm crushing Laguna Seca. Okay, good. I, I, I love that track. It's very cool. But you okay. know the reason it gets crushed is because it's the shortest of the group. Oh, good reason. Okay. It's the shortest sure. of the group. Good reason. And the, the sound restrictions means you have weird you know, spaghetti tailpipes. There's that as well. The daily is the ring because the ring is one of those things that is practically a canyon road. I want to daily that all the time. Totally and then treat the treat spa like a track. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Good, that's amazing. Awesome. Interesting story that we were just told by a friend of ours who invited us out to uh, the Thunderhill track, and we drove Spec Racer Fords just last week. So he was telling me about somebody. I cannot corroborate this, but it's a great story because of the noise restriction. For his race car, he came up with, I think it was a Raspberry Pi or just some circuitry that was GPS-enabled, connected to a solenoid in the exhaust. I heard about this, yeah. And where the, it would know where the car is on track because of GPS, and it would shut the exhaust off. And it would drive by the sound meter, and then at the top of the hill, it opens Open back up. up yeah. And he doesn't have to do a thing. He just knows it's going it to happen. muffles the exhaust it's all, automatically. It's all based on GPS, where the car is on track. And he just he rigged it up. Just his own car, and I think, man, if you sold that device... That's fantastic. Because that can yeah. work for other tracks, too. Thunderhill yeah, right. actually has noise restrictions. I can't imagine why, because it's, yeah, you know, there's the nothing Thunderhill, out there. You pretty much could just send up a, a, a weather balloon and never see anything. I don't get it, yeah, but exactly. there's other tracks on the planet that have these noise restrictions. He could sell that as a That's funny. I like that. Thing. He could That's make really money. Good. It's a great idea. Scott Berger says, is it worth owning a car if you're too precious with it and uh, to take it to 98% of places 98% of the time? Scott, I feel like you're answering your own question. If you have a car and you are mm-hmm. kind of thinking of all... We were talking about this last podcast. All the reasons to not drive it instead of reasons to drive it. I do think it's too precious. Does it mean you should get rid of it? That's much more of a personal thing. But 
I come back to the thing we always say, which is cars should be driven. Mm-hmm. And if you're just having that thing and, and you're treating – this is going to sound weird. You're treating it more like art than something that moves. I think that's not the reason it exists. The great thing about cars is they are art that moves. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of precious, Zachary Levine asked, worst food to eat in the car? Food. <laughs> That's the worst that's, food. That's is the food. Paul answer. That is the Paul answer no. right there. Just food. Yeah. Now I caveat on road trips. Absolutely. In other people's cars, sure. I'm stuffing my face with Cheetos and spaghetti and Oreos and chocolate cake. We've talked about this. It's things like Cheetos and Kit Kats. Things that crumble or Crumbly. leave, or leave uh, a, yeah. a film. And that, then that's all bad. You know, you're looking around and you, nobody asks for a napkin. You just wipe it on the convenient surface. <laughs> Certainly, if you have something like yeah. Cheetos, it's just like, what do I do with this? That's yeah. just for the Cayman, but for the expedition, I admit. But the problem is, it's always me that does the vacuum. I'm, uh, I'm always the idiot cleaning the everything like up. It. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. All right. So, Ed the Sled asked if I would make any aftermarket modifications to the Cayman, or would I always keep it stock? It might be a different set of wheels for track use. And ultimately, it'd probably be a Cobb tune, to be honest, and pull more out of that engine because I know it can. The exhaust, I wouldn't touch. It's brilliant. It is gorgeous. I would not touch it. But otherwise, you know, putting money towards other things right now. So, you know. Two questions from Nathan Garfield on Facebook. He said, what's the Lexified BRZ? Mm. Which I think could be a few things. But the question that I'm really intrigued by is, what do we mean when we say a car looks like a shooting brake? By the way, that's brake as in B-R-A-K-E. Yes, yes. Shooting brake is is designed from something literally where, or or is it? It's shooting brake, B-R-A-K-E. B-R-A-K-E, yes. Okay, because it's it's related to the original idea of it was we were out shooting and we're taking a break. Even though it's well, not yes. spelled that way, and now it's it does it's a whole other thing. You're literally laying your long rifles in the back. Anyway, the best example currently that I can think of is the Ferrari FF, now called the GTC Lusso, for reasons I don't understand. It's the same car. <laughs> that is a four-seat car with a hatchback and two doors. That is the best modern example I can think of. That's great, actually. Now, that design is essentially a very squared-off back hatch to a car that could be a coupe shape. Imagine taking, I'll, I'll invent one in your head real quick. Think of a BRZ. Take that straight line from the windshield until the back bumper and now make a hatch. Mm. Chop it off into mm-hmm. a box. Mm-hmm. That would make that car into a shooting brake. Yeah. yeah. So this is the shape. Now, having said that, there are a lot of cars that are now four doors that are taking that shape. The current uh, GT version, GT Turismo version of... Uh, the Panamera now looks like a shooting brake where it actually has the back hatch. So when they get those long roof with the chopped hatch, that's much more of a shooting brake look, even though if it has four doors, it's supposed to technically not be a shooting brake. Hmm. This question over here from Tristan Kramer asking if we were approached to create new slogans for car companies, what would we come up with? Hmm. Silly and serious answers are all acceptable. Well, you've heard our Lincoln, you know, still nothing to see Lincoln, here. Slogan. Nothing to see here. How about um, two others? Range Rover. <clears throat> Got money to waste? <laughs> and then I worked hard on Maserati. I have a uh, lot of oh, Maserati no. here. I just think Pickle Fork solves it. Well, but, that, yeah. that could work. That could work. So Maserati is the, um, you know, keep trying. One day you'll get that promotion. Or, you know, for when you didn't get the promotion, but you want your neighbors to think you did, 
Maserati might be for you. <laughs> you don't mind being broke and broken. <laughs> the bad news is you didn't get the promotion, but the good, good news is you still have options somewhere in there. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on my Maserati, but I, I want it to be just, just snarky enough so it doesn't quite offend Maserati owners, but it's just a subtle, like, jab. Just a little. I almost feel like this would be a topic Tuesday. We could just sit down with all the car makers and just come up with stuff. That could be frightening. Because, you know, there's, you know, for every car manufacturer, and I point the finger at me too for, you know, I've made the Porsche joke and then mm-hmm. Ford and, you know, the, if the Ford is the tow truck, how will it tow itself? Like, how does it fix itself? There's so many of those terrible jokes. Yeah, yeah, that goes on and on. Yeah. It's it's more about taking the joke and figuring out the tagline that you could see on a poster. And that that's the thing about it. It could be really fun for this. And and it needs to actually look like a marketing ad. Not of a meme, but more no, of a marketing like, yes. full, like yes. one page spread mm-hmm. in a magazine, that kind of thing. Something you'd see on a poster on a wall. Yeah. That'd be great. We should, that'd be a very funny topic <laughs> Tuesday. Jackalope man said, if for the next year you had to drive a car from the eighties, Oh yeah. What car would you pick and why? Oh, I have my answer. Okay. The first gen E 30 M three. That's great. Yeah. 87. This is not a fast car. Now, I like, as you think about the things I've owned, I like the slow car fast idea. That is a car that's yeah. not fast. Yeah. It is a momentum car. The chassis is brilliant. The gearbox is great. Heel toe is perfect. Mm. It appreciates good momentum. It has a slow steering rack, but it's just incredibly fun to throw around. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, it's actually surprisingly usable. Space-wise, yeah, it's, the trunk, it's car, because of yeah. the, the uh, crash restrictions at the time, the trunk is cavernous. <laughs> yeah, true. And it's not a big car. True. That's my answer. Hmm. I might go 928 again. I don't know. It seems like a foregone conclusion. I can but, see it, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, something Porsche. All of the 80s Porsches, I bring them. From an 82 SC to the 3.2 Carrera, I can bring it. Like, yeah. There was a, a 928. What year was that one? When we were in LA, oh, uh, eighty-five. I might post that again here. And there was a, a there was a nine twenty-eight GTS, pretty much the spec. It was Paul spec. It was the spec. Oh, the Paul black one wanted. you're talking. Oh, yeah, the black one is a ninety-five. And, and yeah. we uh, we we <sighs> found that car in LA the last time we were there, and uh, I was concerned we were going to be late for our next appointment because Paul was like doing circles around the car. I, yeah. Like going back through my bank balances. Now, how, if I move that there yeah. and I cash that out, happen. how would that work? It was bad. All right. So a question from Justin Brewer here on Twitter asking, well, he says he doesn't think automotive journalists do the super any favors and videos when comparing them to Cayman videos. Most Cayman vids feature a lunatic hysterically laughing from excitement, whereas all super videos have someone calmly stating this is a really good car. Well, it wasn't us that came up with the Cayman angle. Supra and Toyota have explicitly stated mm-hmm. the Supra went after the Cayman. It shares yeah. the exact wheelbase as the Cayman and the Boxer. That was their idea. Just as the Tesla Model X, when it came out, he was comparing it. Elon was comparing it to minivans. That that wasn't us. Yeah, true. He brought an X, I think it was an X7 and a Honda Odyssey out on stage to yeah. compare them yeah, to yeah. a leading SUV and a leading minivan, and it yeah. parked right in between and lifted the doors and... You know, thankfully it cleared the, didn't scratch anything, but you know what I mean? That was their idea. So most of the time it's the car manufacturers know they're benchmarking other cars. They're looking, they know. And that was the point of Toyota. Yeah. Toyota definitely made that benchmark. If you're referring to the demeanor of the automotive journalist, let me go another route. And I have a a bit of a, bit of a bone to pick or a rant here, but I'm going to be very short about it. Okay. In general, automotive journalists, side note, Porsche makes excellent cars. They're excellent to drive. 
in general, and I'm painting with a broad brush, there are a lot of automotive journalists that give Porsche a free pass. All their cars are brilliant. That's fair, actually. Oh, my gosh, I'm driving a Porsche. That's fair. Let me tell you why it's awesome. So that's the headspace of many automotive journalists when they drive anything on a Porsche product. Now take that to the Cayman, which, candidly, is brilliant, but you're bringing that, oh, it's a Porsche. True. Secondarily, True. The, the Supra, while benchmarked at the Cayman, has a secondary problem. The journalists are coming in naturally uh, skeptical because the last Supra is this icon, and we've all heard all the reasons why it's supposed to suck. So they're instantly sure, coming in and sitting sure. down in that car with a different headspace that is, hmm, am I going to like this? Whereas yeah. in the Porsche, it's like, it's a Porsche. It's bound to be great. Let's see if it is. It's going to be the most This leads to two yeah. very different yeah. video conclusions in many cases. It's also, I think, possibly the engine configuration. I mean – the Porsches are rear and mid-engine. Yeah, but I think it's now. I think it's the predisposed headspace. I really it's do. It's mostly that. I, I agree to that. I mean, it's hard to compare the exact. You know, you've got the wheelbase, the dimensions. We were talking a front-engine rear-wheel drive car versus True. a mid or a rear. The dynamics are totally different. But we're all coming. I, I, us included. Everybody that is an automotive journalist that has driven the Super so far was coming from a skeptical place of. Is this going to be any good? Mm-hmm. So you're already coming in there, and that changes your whole headspace. Yeah, for sure. All right, what else do you find here? Thinking of replacing this is uh, what Diema. He's uh, thinking of replacing my ISF with an SS. They weigh about the same, which is interesting to think about. The Lexus ISF oh. and the SS weighing the same. Way about the same, but the SS is much bigger. Will I be disappointed with the driving feel of the SS? Of course, the SS will be manual with magnetic ride. I think no. I think you're going to be quite impressed with that SS. It's a very different feeling car. I really like the engine in the ISF a lot. I think it is a better engine than the rest of the car. Hmm. But did the yeah, ISF, and I, I'm really admitting my own, I haven't looked it up. Is the ISF, did the ISF even come manual? I feel like it was auto only, but I, think it was I, auto I could be only. very wrong. But if you're doing magnetic ride and manual, whether the ISF was manual or not, that ride is going to shock you. Yeah. And the SSF, the SS is very capable. I think you would thoroughly enjoy it. Plus, I suspect your ISF is significantly older than whatever SS you're going to get into. You're getting into a newer car. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll wrap with this question from Travis White here. Several podcasts ago, he says, we talked about what makes sports cars. We might have to come back to that. But Travis is asking about what are the elements that make up a luxury or a premium or exotic car. There's a topic Tuesday, practically. That yeah. could be. Actually, we, we might save it. But very quickly. Go for it. Please, please, please. Wheels, first of all. On a luxury yeah. car, you see many spokes. Whereas a sports car, a stripped-down sports car, might have four or five spokes. Okay, so there's... There's more air. There's just less there. Now, this is a generalization, but on you know a 7 Series, a Mercedes, or a Rolls-Royce, or whatever that is, you see a lot of intricate detail on mm-hmm. the wheels. Mm-hmm. And you also see, for example, the roofline. They're stretched out. The curves yeah. are very flattened out. Mm-hmm. They're you know, a long, flat roofline and a long, flat rocker, whereas a sports car... Or a, an exotic car, that rocker can be anything. And then, mm. of course, you get into materials and construction and those kinds of things. But we, we should actually break that down uh, sometime in the future. Wow. Been yeah. great, giving a lot of great Topic Tuesdays as well. So please write the same place you're writing your emails, everydaydrivertv at Gmail, mm-hmm. or on the website. The Utah Adventure is coming. For those of you who can't make it to the pilgrimage trip, we are sorry, but we'd love to see you at the Utah Meetup. That is coming the first weekend of August 2019. Would love to see you there. Yes, we'd love to have you there. I should say, I should say, happy Friday. And keep in mind, this is the closing day of registration for pilgrimage. If you have been holding out, 
you need to get in now. Last call. It really is yeah. last call. We're very excited about the group that's going. And then we will transition to talking entirely about the Utah meetup because we're just excited about it. It's funny just because we yeah. have to do so much yeah. lead time on pilgrimage. It takes precedent for a while, even though the Utah meetup is going to come up first. Yeah, exactly. Which is very fun. Exactly. Guys, thank you again. Really looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.